Tanzania, the cradle of humans and home to millions of wildlife. People around the world are drawn to the country for its untouched wilderness and the great migration. With a childhood dream of becoming friends with lions and cheetahs, a Chinese man gave up his promising career as a diplomat and chose to become a wildlife advocate in Tanzania. 大家好，我是陈建新。Hi, my name is Chen Jianxing. I've been tracking and monitoring wildlife in Tanzania for 12 years. For over a decade, Chen Jianxing has been working for Tanzania's national parks, devoting himself to wildlife monitoring and ecosystem conservation. For me, becoming friends with animals, gaining unconditional trust from a wild lion or cheetah, it's something I feel the most proud of. He has helped the female cheetahs babysit their cubs, and guided lost lion cubs to reunite with their mothers. With his camera, he has documented over 100,000 precious photos of wildlife surviving extreme weathers. And dangerous poachers. As the first Tanzania National Parks China representative, Chen Jianxing hopes to challenge the stereotype many people in the West hold against China. I don't expect to make any great achievement, but I do want to try my best to help the local people and the wildlife. In the past, the job was done mostly by Westerners. Now I hope more Chinese people can become involved so that the world can understand China better through its efforts to protect the ecological environment. Chen has been crowned. China's Lion King in the media for his efforts in wildlife conservation in the African country. Chen Jianxing, however, prefers to be called by his pen name, Green Hills of Africa. The name was inspired by American writer Ernest Hemingway's Safari Journal. Like the Green Hills of Africa, he wants to shelter the millions of wildlife roaming freely on the vast land of Africa and keep them company. In this episode of Footprints, let's hear about the story of Chen Jianxing and his incredible journey of becoming the Green Hills of Africa. Growing up, Chen Jianxing was a fanatic fan of the TV documentary series. Animal World. In Tanzania's Serengeti forest, a When the show was first broadcasted in 1981, Chinese families had just started to embrace colored televisions. To most Chinese. Who had been shut out from the rest of the world for decades? The scenes of exotic wildlife on the remote African continent were eye-opening and absolutely fascinating. I became interested in animals in my childhood. I knew that the documentary was mainly shot in Kenya and Tanzania, and from very early on, I decided to go to Tanzania. The country has more animals and better natural scenery. Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, is also in Tanzania. When applying for college, Chen chose English as his major, thinking that mastering the language could help him travel abroad. 
to realize his African dream. For his senior thesis, he studied Ernest Hemingway's works written about Africa. After college, he managed to land a job in diplomacy at China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. When choosing his dispatch location, Chen surprised his director by requesting to be sent to Tanzania, a destination few young diplomats would choose, as more people prefer developed countries. For years, I was the first one willing to go to Tanzania for animals. Chen Jianxing didn't wait long when a vacancy became available at Tanzania's Chinese embassy. I wasn't making this up. The night before I received the phone call about the dispatch, I had a dream about going to Tanzania. Chen finally made it to Tanzania after years of dreaming about it. The reality, however, was far from what he had expected. From 2005 to 2008, he worked as a junior diplomat at the embassy, spending most of his time processing paperwork and running errands. Working in foreign affairs, we had very strict regulations and rules. For three years, I felt so stuck. This was not something he came to Tanzania for. He wanted to be with the animals. When his three-year term was up, Chen Xianxin made a bold decision. I happened to learn that the Tanzania National Parks Authority was hiring. They wanted a project coordinator for the new natural reserve in the south. A project coordinator's responsibilities were more or less like that of a diplomat, so I sent in my application. Chen was successfully hired, so he quit his job as a diplomat from the Foreign Ministry of China. I was just 27 back then. I thought I was still young and could afford to spend a few years trying out different options. I talked with my friends and they supported my decision. They said even if I wasted a few years, I could still come back and find another job or take the civil servant examination again. With his ambition and his friends' support, Chen Jianxing embarked on a new journey. Chen Jianxin's new role required him to travel to southern Tanzania's Selous Game Reserve and convince local residents there to move out of the protected area. Tanzania was working with the Worldwide Fund for Nature to establish a national park there. Chen almost regretted his decision right upon his arrival. When I went to report for duty, I traveled on a 19-hour long bus trip, with me being the only Chinese. The road was abominable. It was still under construction. I remember that our bus got stuck at one point. When I finally arrived, I was assigned to live in a dark, shabby hotel room. The mosquito net was oily with big holes. The toilet didn't even have a seat. At night, they only offered two hours of electricity. I signed up for a two-year contract and I thought, how was I going to survive this? I remember that on the second day of my arrival, I squatted at the roadside waiting for a bus to take me back to where I had come from. Chen Jianxin was extremely disappointed and felt desperate for the first few days. The living conditions? when compared to that at the embassy, were as different as heaven and earth. 
The locals were friendly, but they were hard to convince. They didn't understand the importance of wildlife preservation, thinking lions, elephants, and wild boars were destroyers. They didn't want to move away. For all the hard work, he was paid one tenth of his prior salary. Time went by slowly, until one day he started to feel differently. That was already about one month into the new reality. Gradually, I found my new life to be interesting. It forced you to slow down. When I was working at the embassy or back in China, I was rushed to finish one task after another. But now nobody pushed me. Also, relationships were simple. I interacted with villagers only, and they didn't have any conflicts with me. Every day, I talked with them on why they needed to move out, and when I finished, I played soccer with the local kids. They would climb up trees to chop off coconuts and drink coconut water with me. After a month of living there, I felt this was great. It was like everything had been reduced to the basics. Chen Jianxin said, "It only took one little thing for him to fall for Africa completely." One day, I went to visit a neighboring town. In that small town, there was a bar hidden in a big hollow baobab tree. I ordered some fried chicken and two bottles of beer. I got a bit tipsy and started walking back. I passed a brook with a stone bridge over it. Swallows made nests below the bridge. When I walked by, they flew over me, chirping. It was a cool afternoon. The sun was setting. It was a nice view, so I decided to lie down for a rest. I ended up sleeping there until midnight. When I woke up, I realized that my insomnia, which I suffered from every night for two years while working at the embassy, was gone. For Chen, this simple and slow-paced life meant real freedom to get closer to his animal kingdom. The place where I was stationed was not far from the heart of the reserve. You could get there in two hours by car. On weekends, I would drive to the protected area. A pride of lion lived by a lake. I would follow them and take pictures. Seeing them wandering around you unguarded was a lot of fun. The lions would play around him and get under his car to hide from the heat. When he slowly gained their trust, some would become mischievous and start playing with him. Sometimes I think the lions were playing pranks on me. A lion would walk right past my car window and suddenly swing its tail. The fluffy fur on its tail would sweep across my cheek. I felt it was doing that intentionally as a way to show affection. It is just like our pet cats that wrap their tails around your legs to tell you they love you. Many people only think of lions or cheetahs as predators. But Chen Qingxin said he had never run into dangerous situations hanging around the animals.
野生的这些食肉动物啊，它的一个特性就是它不会去攻击没吃过的东西。Wild carnivores have a distinct feature that is, they don't prey on things they've never eaten. If they have never eaten human beings, they wouldn't attack us. There exists a food chain on the grassland. Animals learn about what to eat and what not to eat from their mothers. But if they are raised by humans, they would not have that knowledge, and because they are fed by human beings, they would associate people with food. Chen Jianxin spent two years following and recording the lions in their natural habitats. Learning about his experience, a Chinese publisher invited him to write a book on the animal. He started to attract the attention of the Chinese media. In 2012 and 2013, China Central Television asked him to be the commentator for its live broadcast of the Great Migration. When millions of African mammals make their annual trip from Tanzania to the Masai Mara National Reserve in Kenya, so Chen Jianxing left southern Tanzania and went to the Serengeti National Park in the north, where the Great Migration takes place every year. With his in-depth knowledge and familiarity with the animals, Chen's media debut was of a great success. Because of the live stream, Tanzania saw a boom of tourism with the influx of Chinese visitors. This surprised the officials of the Tanzania National Parks Authority, who used to believe Chinese tourists could not afford traveling to Africa. Chen Jianxing talked the officials into appointing a China representative to promote Tanzania's wildlife and natural scenery to the Chinese people. In fact, the National Parks Authority had appointed many representatives in other countries, but not in China. They had invested a lot to do promotion in the United States and set up offices in Japan and Korea. So I tried convincing them to delegate me as the China representative. They ended up creating the position for me. With his new title, Chen Jianxing was able to explore more of Tanzania's vast wilderness. And introduce Africa's wild creatures to animal lovers in China. For the next few years, he traveled between China and Tanzania, bringing photography exhibitions and road shows to the Chinese audience. He frequented talk shows and university seminars, educating people about the importance of wildlife preservation. As more Chinese traveled to Tanzania, he convinced a Chinese property developer to build a hotel in the country, creating jobs for the locals. In 2016, the Tanzania National Parks Authority tightened its financial budget. Chen Jianxing then shifted his focus back to wildlife monitoring. Since then, he has spent most of his time living in the national park. And recording the dynamic ecosystem with his camera, to capture the most stunning moments of animal lives, Chen had to live a reclusive lifestyle on the Serengeti Plain. For months, his driver would be the only fellow human being accompanying him. Their daily schedule was also rigorous. 
因为动物都在清晨和傍晚比较活跃。我们很早，大概五点钟天还没亮就出发了。Because animals are active in early mornings and around dusk time, we often set out to find them before daybreak at around 5 a.m. We would locate the habitats of lions, cheetahs, and elephants and take photos. Then we would eat breakfast, often boiled eggs and bread prepared the night before in the car. Around noon time, we would go back and take a nap before setting out again at around. 4 p.m. We would follow the animals until 7 to 8 p.m. and return home quite late. After dinner, I would rush to transfer all the photos onto my computer, heat up water for a hot bath, and go to sleep as soon as possible so I can get up early again the next morning. I don't have much time for recreation or hobbies. My only entertainment is reading. Sometimes, when lions fall asleep, I would take the time to read in the car. To be frank, our work is quite monotonous. If you just spend a day or a week doing it, it could be fun. But repeating the same schedule every day could be agonizing. Chen Jianxing loves to read classical Chinese poetry from the ancient Song Dynasty about a thousand years ago to ease the intense feeling of loneliness. Can boundless grief be drowned in spring wine? My boat, tossed by waves high, streamers of wine shop fly. The farewell ferry and the beauty's bridge would pine. Wind blows from hour to hour. Rain falls shower by shower. When may I go home to wash my old robe out warm, to play on silver lute and burn the incense mute? Oh, time and tide will not wait for a man forlorn. With cherry red spring dies when green banana sighs. To Chen Jianxing, the beauty of Song poetry reminds him of the animals living on Serengeti. Both manifest the beauty of passive virtue, a concept proposed by the Canadian Chinese poet Ye Jiaying. Sun poetry reveals how the weak can survive under great pressure but still accomplish their mission without bending their will. You can find the same kind of beauty in wild animals like the cheetah. Cheetahs are weaker compared to other predators. Lions, spotted hyenas, and leopards all prey on them. They live under a great amount of pressure. Life for female cheetahs is even tougher because they need to raise the cubs all by themselves. Males leave right after mating. However, they accept all the pressure in a passive manner while still preserving such grace and resilience. There are only about 150 cheetahs living at the Serengeti National Park. Through years of monitoring them, Chen became familiar with quite a few. One female cheetah named Helen even let him babysit its cubs. Animals have emotions. When you spend enough time with them, they would trust you. Helen was raising six cubs, and it was tough. Whenever we drove to areas near her, she would leave the cubs to us and find a quieter place to take a breather. I would babysit the cubs and play with them. I opened the door and let them sneak into our car to explore. Initially, they were a bit scared, but after a few encounters, they started climbing around and sniff us. Chen Jianxin said. Animals rarely posed a danger to him over the past decade. 
It was mainly extreme weathers and human poachers that had threatened his life. We experience extreme weather all the time. When storm hits the prairie, it often comes with hails big enough to break our car windows. Once we came across with a crowd of poachers with guns. We were in an area not open to tourists. From afar, we saw a car that looked nowhere close to a patrol car. I was talking to my driver when we heard gunshots. We didn't know they were aiming at us or at the animals, and we took off right away without giving it much thought. We didn't stop until we were ten miles away. It was quite dangerous. When asked if his family worried about him, he joked that they had given up on him. However, he tried to make up for his long absence in his own way. They have no need to worry. Now, every time I return home, I would cook a feast for them. After the COVID-19 pandemic hit, Chen returned to China in May 2020 and started on a new mission. He's now working with a foundation in environment protection to involve more Chinese scientists and volunteers to participate in the protection and conservation of the ecosystem of Mount Kilimanjaro. Deforestation, global warming, and poaching caused by humans are hurting the local ecology. With the foundation, he hopes to help local Tanzanians live a safer, more eco-friendly lifestyle by providing medication, education, and by introducing alternative farming choices like beekeeping and mushroom planting. I don't expect to make any great achievement, but I do want to try my best to help the local people and the wildlife. In the past, the job was done mostly by Westerners. Now I hope more Chinese people can become involved so that the world can understand China better through its efforts to protect the ecological environment. Chen Jianxing recalls when he first worked in Tanzania. The local people mistook him as a Japanese because there were so few Chinese working in wildlife protection in the country. As for the animal experts he worked with, many of them also had the prejudice that Chinese people did not care about wildlife and the environment at the beginning. Dr. Craig Packer from the University of Minnesota was considered the world's foremost expert on lions. He worked at Serengeti for 50 years. When we first met, he was quite arrogant. But after I asked him a few professional questions regarding lions, his eyes sparked. He was surprised that this Chinese man actually knew something about lions. He ended up discussing the questions with me for two hours nonstop. Chen Jianxin's passion for animal monitoring and ecosystem conservation has influenced many people in China. On China's social media platform Weibo, he is spreading knowledge about the importance of wildlife protection with over 126,000 followers. Over the past decade, he has taken over 100,000 photos and actively shared his photos and experiences via public lectures and online seminars. He's also a productive writer, penning ten books on lions, cheetahs, as well as his favorite song poetry. When asked what he felt most proud of for the past decade, Chen's answer was humble. 
For me, becoming friends with animals, gaining unconditional trust from a wild lion or cheetah, it's something I feel the most proud of. Chen Jianxing has a grand ambition for the future. Like Dr. Jane Goodall or Dr. Craig Parker, he wants to become an expert of a wild animal, the African wild cat. Said to be the ancestor of all pet cats today, is on his list. I hope to become an expert of a certain species of animal. This is my ambition. When we talk about chimpanzees, we think of Jane Goodall, right? I also hope someday people can associate me with an animal I study. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our reporter Wang Chen. I'm Man Ling. If you are interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary people in China, follow us on Apple Podcast. Just key in footprints, and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We will see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>